So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. I just want to start off by saying thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie, my mom, Lynn Saloom. <laughs> mom, you absolutely killed it on there. And we look forward to having you on again down the road. It's so now for episode 74 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio in person with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great time right now. I mean, I know I am. It's my birthday tomorrow. I have a Tim's coffee right now, and I'm about to talk about one of my favorite film directors. So, I mean, Eric, why don't you introduce who we're going to be talking about? So, yeah, before we were going to, so before I was going to introduce the topic of our episode, I was going to say it's a very special episode because, you know, we're recording on the eve of Matt's birthday, but it's like you read my mind, knew I was going there. So, I just want to say happy birthday to, uh, happy 30th birthday oh. to our, my co-host Matt. Cue the air horn sounds now. <laughs> So yeah, Matt, happy birthday in advance, and um, yeah, I just want to know, do you have anything special planned for the Big 3-0 this weekend? Well, first of all, thank you, Eric, and yeah, the Big 3-0, I mean, I'm I'm like, it's bittersweet for me, I'm super happy, but I'm also sad that I'm going to be like, my 20s are over now, And but the shining light is I'm going to make the 30s the best decade of my, of my life so far, and yeah, I have a couple like birthday dinners planned over the next couple of days and going to be eating lots of cheesecake, my favorite, nice. and, you know, just drinking and having fun. Sounds like a great weekend. And I like the attitude going into your 30s. People who I know are in their 30s, they rave about the 30s. It's like you've, you've been through a lot of stuff in your life. You kind of know what you like a little more. Like that's what I think your 20s are for, like just discovering new things and just seeing what you want in life. And then 30s, you're more established. So uh, I know you're in a good place heading into your 30s at this time there. So super happy for you, man. Thank you. So now for the topic of our episode, though, we're not going to spend uh, the rest of the episode discussing your, uh, your birthday, <laughs> but maybe we'll circle back and have some talks of cheesecake later on. So yeah, for this episode, we're going to be discussing, like Matt said, I think his favorite movie director of all time and French-Canadian director Denis Villeneuve, whose most recent uh, sci-fi epic, Dune, was released um, a month, around a month ago at this time. So I think that's a good place for us to start. Like We're going to go over many of his movies there and his influences and uh, just his style, but I think Dune's a good place for us to start. So Matt, what are your initial thoughts on the sci-fi epic Dune? Well, before I get into that, I have to like set it up. Well, first, and you know what? You said my favorite film director, and you know what? In the last 10 years, I would say that's a fair thing to say. Maybe he's not my favorite of all time, but... I can't think of anyone in the last 10 years who I've loved. I liked it, uh, the movies more. And also, I just want to say, going into Dune, I, I had read the book five years ago. Like, I'm a big fan of the novel Dune. I devoured that book. It was super complex. first 100 pages, I was, like, scratching my head and rereading stuff because they introduced so many ideas and different, like, factions and, like, all like there's even a glossary in the back of the book like with all the terms and who's who and after reading that book I watched the David Lynch movie Dune from like 84 I think and that's like they cram that whole novel in two hours or just above two hours and they try to like they give you a long like monologue like a prologue where they try to explain everything and it's very convoluted and very rushed so and I wasn't a fan of the the David Lynch's Dune now, and they even in the theater back then gave you like little like paper pamphlets explaining like all the terms and stuff because they oh, were wow. afraid people would not understand like who like the Benny Gesserit are, are and who like 
the different families are and the different planets and what the spice is. But anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. So fast forward to like when Denis Villeneuve announces he's going to do Dune in two movies. I was so excited because, I mean, Denis Villeneuve has not had a miss in my opinion. I've loved all his movies. But then we had to wait years and years like for like... You know, they announced something, then you got to be patient. And then COVID delayed the movie even more. So that was disappointing. Denis Villeneuve, I mean, I think every actor wants to work with him now. So like when they announced the cast, Eric, I was like over the moon. Star-studded cast. Uh, right. And even like as I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot he was in the movie. I forgot. And it's just like one after another. So my 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 initial thoughts on Dune was, boy, am I glad I saw it in theater on the big screen. That's where it's meant to be seen, as Villeneuve has said, has said many, many times. I loved it, Eric. I loved everything about it. Yeah, it was a long movie, folks, but... I mean, I was never bored once. And yes, there's a lot of things that you like Denis Villeneuve-isms where he likes to... Oh, we'll get into that later with his other movies. But like, I don't know. I just had a blast watching it. It felt almost like he was world building, like kind of like of a... It kind of reminded me of Star Wars where you're getting introduced into like a new gal, a new universe. And no, Eric, I my initial thoughts are like very positive and I don't have any complaints. You've said a lot in there. A few things that definitely resonate with me were you said that the first hundred pages reading the book, you were confused. That's kind of how I felt for a lot of this movie. I feel like going into the movie, having not read the book, I was definitely shorthanded right away. I was quite confused, like not really knowing who the various houses were and the planets and their relationships between like houses and all of that there. I feel like while I, yes, I like the movie as well. Like I really enjoyed the movie. I didn't mind its runtime like it was long and there wasn't as much action as I thought there would be, but I had no problem with that because I was very sucked into this universe and like curious to find out more about it. And I am going into the next movie. Like I can't wait to learn more about these characters, but I feel like the pamphlet would have been helpful. I mean, I would have benefited from having all these houses and whose son of who and like who's what characters names were like i I was honestly like really at a loss for half the cast like other than paul i think is the only one who's clearly constantly named and even like duncan idaho i think those are the two that you really clearly know what their names are like josh brolin's character the only reason i know it is because i wrote it down here i have all the names in front of me but when i was watching the movie i didn't know what the characters names were like house atreides was probably the one that was mentioned them most often in the Fremen as well, like the um, mm-hmm. Arrakis uh, nomad land yeah. Yeah. people. The natives. <laughs> and yeah. The natives, exactly. But no, I really like the movie as well, and um, I'm excited to see where it's going to go in future movies. I feel like it might not just be one other movie. They said that there, there might be two more movies to this uh, series, but if it is just one more, like, I know the second part will be more action-packed and uh, probably answer a lot of our questions. So those are probably my opening thoughts. And I agree also the visuals are outstanding. Super happy I saw it in theaters. For sure that part two will be more action-packed. And I, I know we didn't say this, Eric, but like full spoilers here. Like yeah, if you haven't seen sure. Dune. Okay, I guess I 100% benefited more from having read the book and remembering everybody's name. That's like, I had a huge advantage over everybody in that regard. Like I was gl- like, they just had to mention a character once. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's Gurney or that's uh, Josh Brolin, by the way. Yeah, Josh Brolin or Duncan or I mean, Duncan. You don't even have like I knew who he was without like just seeing Jason Momoa. I'm like, that has to be Duncan. 
And like Baron Harkonnen, like the bad guy. Like I don't even know if they mention his name. That's the thing. They don't. And same with his nephew, I guess. Raban. I found out because I looked up the cast like 30 minutes ago. Dave Bautista yeah. is his nephew in the movie. Maybe he does call him uncle, but... It's Briefly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very quick. Like I know I'm kind of... It's sounding like I'm complaining about the movie there. Like These are very mild critiques. Overall, Like I really enjoy the movie. But in something I've been doing lately, and I recommend to everyone, is I've been watching just everything with subtitles on. Huge subbies guy. Me and too. I would have benefited having subtitles for this movie. Like the next time I watch this movie, I'm looking forward to rewatching it because I think there's a lot to pick up on on multiple viewings. And I think this is a movie that will, like I said, get just get better with time and more understanding. Mm-hmm. So with subtitles, I think it'll be easier to grasp who's who and what's being said at times. Like at times, it was hard to hear and understand what it's characters true. were saying. The um, like Paul's mom, half her dialogue, I was way over my head. The the Benny Jesserit, mm-hmm. the cult or faction that she comes from, very interesting. But it was um kind of. I'll say Lynchian in a sense that you don't really understand what they're all about and they're putting it all like it's very mysterious what yeah. they're about, but I am intrigued and like I said already, like a bunch of times, I'm looking forward to finding out more about them and the whole universe. I have I wanna ask you like I knew because of the book, Eric, but I wanna know did did he did Denis Vinev do a good job of um Okay, so like how's this Atreides in the movie is tasked to like be the caretakers of uh, Arrakis yep. where, where the f- spice is being farmed. And like, uh, and Duke Leto played by Oscar Isaac realizes eventually like they were set up to fail. It was all a giant setup. Like, did they do a good job of like, did you get good foreshadowing of that, Eric? Like, did that come quite apparent to you right away? Or it wasn't until like the coup actually came down? No, or... no, no. I think it was pretty clear that okay, they were being good. set up to fail. And I think okay. they actually explicitly said it too. Did you have like a gut feeling before that? Uh, I forget. Honestly. Okay. No, that's fine. No, no I just, no, I honestly I knew probably was... not okay. to be honest. Like when he's checking all the machinery and it's all like sabotaged or broken down. Like, did you have like a bad feeling from the get go? Because you don't know what's going to happen in the movie, right? Like they go to Arrakis. Maybe it's going to be like they're going to thrive. And then later on, there's going to be a war. Like, did you know like it was going to be bad? Did you have a feeling it was going to be bad right away? I feel like I was just out to lunch watching this movie. (laughs) You're just watching the visuals. That's fine. Exactly. I was just waiting to see what would happen. and Trying to decipher the dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I was just waiting to see what would happen. And um, no, maybe like to you, it might have been obvious better, but I'm trying to forget. I don't think I was seeing what was coming uh, that clearly because i read the book i like yeah. I'm, i cheated of i can't say i saw it coming because i already knew what was gonna happen so question for you and kind of a moral dilemma slash situation i'm in right now like i'm fascinated about this universe and i want to learn more now where i stand is do i read the book and find out what's gonna come or just wait for the movie and just be going in blind like i was for part one and be um, pleasantly surprised when i see what unfolds on the screen eric you should read the book because it's going to make you appreciate the movie way more the first part and you won't be lost reading the book because you have seen the movie you'll be like oh yeah that's that and you know what there's a lot more in the book and like you get more stuff with like the emperor in the book and like the Benny Jesser like understanding them more and the and uh, I think you would love the book Eric I'm sure I would yeah. yeah because the Star Wars comparison you made as well I was told that Star Wars was like kind of influenced or yeah it was kind of influenced by Dune is what I was told i don't know if how reliable my source was here yeah i mean like my comparison that i would give to dune like 
my initial thoughts once I walked out of the theater was that this was kind of a mix between Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and like Mad Max Fury Road, just maybe because of the setting yeah. and the sand slash spice. But yeah, De- I mean, yeah, definitely I'm, not Fury Road. Like no. it was not maybe a couple of thrilling scenes, but it was a very like. It was a setup movie, a la like Hunger Games Part One, which is a horrible comparison. Uh, Mockingjay Part One, the third movie, like it was just there to establish the world. Actually, that's a bad comparison. Scratch that. Okay, I'll cut this. Yeah. And I'll cut out the part of me saying Mad Max Fury Road too. <laughs> so like the like so Dune had, it's like I said, it's a very like slow moving movie. It's not really like couple of like there's a couple of thrilling moments like the the Duncan scene. The last stand scene mm-hmm. is like my favorite part That'd of the movie. Great. That was Momoa killed this he role. Yeah, he looked completely different too, with no facial hair. It was super weird watching yeah. him without at least like a goatee or yeah. something there. But uh, in the book, uh, Duncan is like an ultimate badass, and like it was perfectly done. I was hoping that he'd get out because then you, you Paul had his dream that Duncan would get killed in that hallway. So I was kind of hoping it wouldn't unfold as he's mm-hmm. seen it in his dream and. So when he's having his dreams with Freya and you see him die, like she stabs him, like he has to kind of like Jon Snow be killed, kill the boy so the man can be born again, right? And like that's kind of what I thought was going to happen when he had that one-on-one death match with the Fremen. So I thought he was going to die then, but then turned out he didn't. And maybe that was him rejecting the fate that we saw could happen to him down the road. Like his dream sequences like you see what he what paul could become and i think for him to become that person he maybe had to die in that one-on-one death match and because he didn't die now anything's up for grabs for what what's in the cards for him down the road like that's kind of how i interpreted Mm -hmm. those scenes that's interesting and like i don't quite remember i mean i read the book so long ago but i know that i like i don't know if you caught this but like paul like um, his mother like is trying like th- that cult doesn't like any male like children right yep. like that whole thing of like trying to like they're trying to find the one and paul like there's that whole there's a whole destiny uh, element in the movie dune of like is paul like the chosen one and i like that aspect actually like that that's a big thing in the book and like all the fremen like believing like it's their religion like a prophecy like a rescuer that's gonna come like that's pretty like Dune is it was written in 1965. It's a very there's a lot of religious aspects in the book. And I've actually read like the second novel, the third novel, and I stopped at the fourth one because it was getting ridiculous. It's weird. Eh? So but I it heard. gets really weird. But it's a lot of religious stuff. And I think probably because Frank Herbert was a very religious person or super anti. I don't even know. Okay. Like those elements could someone, an outsider could say like bogs down the movie and like makes it more convoluted than what it should be instead of just like a simple power political power struggle and just like a game of thrones esque movie this adds an element of there's more thought put to it and it's more like philosophical i guess and you know there's a lot of like moral dilemmas in the movie some stuff i felt too in in denis villeneuve's dune is like they didn't really show enough of it like because of the, they can't make the runtime four hours or three hours, but like stuff with like the emperor's army that they show quickly, like a one quick scene of all those black soldiers getting ready for battle. Like in the book, they go really into them and how powerful they are. Did you like the whole shields? Like how in, um, how everybody has like body armor oh, yeah. and I you kind of have to pierce cool. really like close. Yeah. Like yeah, I love I, that I aspect. It was super cool. Different too. Yeah, and kind of eliminates guns from that world. Yeah. True. 
everyone's got to fight with like a, a melee weapon, a melee weapon, um, except for like heavy artillery. Um, the music, Eric, like I, like my theater was rocking so loud. Hans Zimmer, Hans you can't Zimmer. miss. Yeah. No, we can't. I think he wanted Hans to do, like Hans Zimmer specifically wanted to do Dune and turn down like other big movies. Although that man can like take his choice every year of movies, yeah, right? He's a legend. Time. Last like 10 minutes of the movie, I was like, okay, I'm ready to watch part two right now. I could sit down for another two, th- two three hours. Is that how you felt? Or you were like, I need a break? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I was pumped, but I also knew like it was over at this point, right? Because they said it was part one and I don't know. It, it was kind of a long movie. Like I feel like I would, maybe when the second part comes out, I'll watch part one like right before going to see it and just be pumped in the mood to go see part two. But I went and saw it with my bro, and uh-huh. he only thought it was one. Like he didn't know that there were going to be sequels. He just thought it would be like a standalone movie, and so did I. Up until a few days before I saw the movie, someone told me it was going to be a few movies. And when um, Zendaya's character Chani, Chani, yeah, she turns to Paul and says like, "This is only the beginning." Zach was like, holy shit, is there another like two hours to this movie? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it was a little long, to be fair. And it was, it, yeah. Like I said, subbies would have been huge uh. to help <laughs> for our understanding anyways. But no, I'm excited for what's to come. And I, yeah, I mean, I want to learn more about this universe. I probably will end up reading the book, honestly. Probably just the first one. Yeah. See, hey, if I like it, I want to keep going. But pumped to see what's to come. That, I find that hilarious that Zach <laughs> thought like the whole story was going to get wrapped up. He must have been like, man, it's going to be an epic. Oh. Uh, did you, I, another part I really loved in Dune was like uh, Lady, Lady Jessica and Paul's use of like the voice. Mm, like yeah, the controlling that was, that was voice. Cool. That was an Absolutely. goosebump inducing scene in the helicopter. Oh, yeah. Like, when she gets her gag removed and she like commanding everybody. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Well done. Yeah. Like the effect they use, the shrill. Like, oh. No, it was really good. Kind of like an element of like suspense too, but you kind of knew, like I knew they were going to get out of it. Obviously they're like in the helicopter there. There was no doubt that they weren't going to get out of it. I thought because like there's a scene in the trailer that they showed about with the big worm looking at Paul when they get off the sand and there's kind of that showdown and the worm leaves. I thought Paul was going to command the worm and, uh. Uh, I, yeah that's, maybe if that's something that'll happen down the road they like foreshadow that the worm and paul had an understanding of like oh this is the one and he may he has such a strong will that this is someone i'll want to follow down the road who knows interesting but also like just talking about the whole concept of the one that's making me think of they always like the benny jesserit only want girls and then paul's looking like he might be the one like it's made quite clear that it looks like he's the one but that might be deliberately misleading us like Villeneuve loves to do and like I just binged all of his movies in the last week and a half mm-hmm. he's big on twists yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised at all if Chani is the the one after all who knows like I said my Dune knowledge is quite limited I'm coming into this with a somewhat of a Fremen mindset a big Fremen guy so they were badass <laughs> excited to see uh, what will happen there like I I just think it'd be too easy if Paul is the one. And you know what? Hey, if he is the one, I'll still be pumped. I was a big fan of Timo in this movie. Like, I yeah. haven't seen him in that many movies. I thought he was really good, especially the 1v1 death match. Like, he was sick how he just manhandled the Fremen, pummeled him into submission like three, four times before slaying him. That was badass and not without, like, merit. Like, they show the scene at the beginning with Gurney, who's supposed to be, like, one of the best fighters. Like, Paul is super, is trained by the best, so... That wasn't coming out of left field. 
one thing I love about the the universe of Dune is the combination of sci-fi and like magical aspects, mm. aka like sh- the, the voice and the Benny Gesserit. They're very mystical, supernatural. Like it's like a combination of that. It's really cool. Uh, the worms look great. The worms in the in the David Lynch movie are I don't even think they're CG in some points. They're like using like miniatures to make them look giant, and they look really terrible, basically. Like papier mâché. Yeah, in this one they look super cool. They I mean, did, with the yeah. technology we have. Yeah. I really like the character of uh, Doctor Keynes, um, like the the Emperor's like surveyor on Dune on Arrakis. Like in the book, it's played by like an old white dude, an old man. But in the movie, they made her they made her a woman. Uh, she, remember, she's like part Fremen. She, oh yeah, 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 she yeah, yeah. Good. like yeah. she's she works for the like she's the Emperor's like um, correspondence on Dune. Uh, not on Dune, on Arrakis. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a good. That was a good addition. They changed that up. So that was really good. She did a great job. Yeah. So that's probably a thing. Like just you saying her yeah. name. Like I had no idea who you, were, who you were talking about. And like just the scope of this movie with all these characters. Yeah, like true. a lot of them were just kind of thrown, it, sprinkled in yeah. there, and you're supposed to just know who everyone is. Like can't. And I'll compare this to an Eternals when we talk about that movie later on. Like there's just not enough time to develop everyone in this one movie, right? <laughs> Like, that's why, like, Dune, the Game of Thrones comparison comes to mind with the houses, especially. As a TV show, you, you, you have a lot more time to introduce all these characters and say, like, okay, what different houses' relationships are with one another. That would probably be a criticism of mine would be that for um, someone with who didn't have the knowledge that you maybe needed, having read the books, to know who's who, like, it wasn't always clear mm-hmm. what was going on. So And, and Eric... If I hadn't read the book, I would have been just like you being like struggling to understand because, because I read the book, I didn't have trouble. Like I, I, all the names were pot, like I, I was fine. So, which is very unforgiving. Like, like Denny, you're making a move, like not a lot of people are going to have read the book going into this movie. So, um, and lastly, like in the movie, the, the, the scene where the Harkonnens like touch down on Arrakis and do their military coup, like that was so well done and badass and cover of night like in the original in the david lynch one it was like i think during daytime and it was very quickly done this was like methodically planned and like all the chess pieces were moving perfectly and it was so well done and ominous it was cool yeah. absolutely yeah. and like duke leto wake like oscar isaac waking up and like what's, what's going on unfortunately God. i knew he was doomed to die yeah. like, i feel like it was quite obvious that he was destined to be killed and one way or another, it was too bad. But unf- like now, it's Paul's time to step up and mm-hmm. potentially take on the the stewardship of House Atreides, or go the Bene Gesserit path, or the Fremen. He's got a lot of options. This guy, yeah. multiple like dual remuneration, multiple yeah. employment opportunities. I'm rooting for Pauly. So my closing thoughts would be: I really enjoyed the movie. Like it's um, like I said, I think this movie for me will get better with time. I'm giving it like a 7.5 out of 10 first viewing, but I think it'll get better with multiple viewings. And so, lastly, subtitles, people. Do it. I'm a big subtitles guy too, Eric. I'd give the movie an 8.5 out of 10. And like Timothy Chalamet, like I thought he was great because like perfect age. He's like, he's he's not like the super rip buff dude. Like he's very like hesitant at first. Like he does a good job at Showing someone that's not like doesn't necessarily want to step up to the plate, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah, he's always been like he's good and casted in those roles. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be a big actor one day, folks. Like he's 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 a future Oscar winner, hundred percent. Yeah, he's gonna have a super long career. 
Hundred percent. He like, already has ninety five. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and he's he like already twenty six. He's already done like a ton of movies, yeah. like Interstellar when he was a teenager. That was one of his first movies. Yeah. Eh? yeah. So he's gonna have a great career. No, he's a star in the making. Already is a star, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that's all I had really for doing there. So one thing, like how we're gonna get into these next Villeneuve movies is basically we posted a question on Instagram just asking what people's favorite Denis Villeneuve movies were. I'm just gonna go through the submissions and talk about their respective movies before getting into others. So the first one was actually from your mom. So a ton, Mary, and hers was Dune, she said. So I'll just read what her answer was. That surprises me, actually. So she said Dune, then you pose an interesting question. I don't think Dune is his best film, but I enjoyed it the most of all his films. Aeson Z is the film that is high on my list of impactful films. Evoked so many levels of feelings. It's the most gripping of his films. So we can get into Aeson Z. Sure. we just gave Dune like a really good uh, yeah. rundown. Aeson Z, I personally loved Aeson Z. I thought it was a fantastic movie, bone-chilling movie. And I honestly loved watching a movie in French and also Arabic. Like there's very little English in this movie. You kind of have to watch it with subtitles if you're not French or Arabic. Like for me, I had subtitles on no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then for the um, portion of the film that were in Arabic, um, so I was just reading along. But man, I really truly enjoy this movie it's talking about twists i don't want to <laughs> oh give this God, away right no, away man. like just for people who want to watch the movie but um crazy twist in the end as well didn't see it coming i thought i was like messed up right but yeah it was definitely imp- there are a lot of impactful scenes like any like movies that deal with crisis in the middle east as well like are always very sensitive and um because that's or like a, a brutal reality that affects so many people and um like can't really relate to in Canada, right? So mm-hmm. we're extremely lucky in that regard. But g- seeing those stories on the screen is important to um, keep us aware of everything that's happening in the world. And um, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the movie though. What are your thoughts on Aeson Z, Matt? Aeson Z is a bonafide 10 out of 10 masterpiece in my opinion. I love like the parallel storytelling, like showing yes. the present and then the past and then it like coming together. I first watched this. I've only seen this movie once and probably like eight years ago. I remember blind buying the Blu-ray at HMV back in the day. It's a movie I will never forget. I don't even know if I'm going to rewatch it anytime soon because I still have such a clear memory of the movie. Some like some scenes are burnt in my memory and I've seen like thousands of movies since. And I still remember Aeson's super well, like, I will never forget the the reveal scene, basically, and yeah. that's we're not gonna get into details on that. It just like it. I remember watching it and falling, like almost falling off the couch. My mouth, my jaw was open for maybe twenty seconds. I had to pause the movie and kind of comprehend what I had just heard, like what the implications were. And it took me like ten seconds because right away I'm like, wait, what? And then my mouth fell open. And folks, that is like the feeling I always seek while watching like serious movies is. A moment like that where nothing matters in the world except for like me just watching this one scene and being blown away by it. It's it's an indescribable feeling. I, I always try to seek that feeling. It's like the feeling I got when watching Infinity Wars at the theater oh, yeah. and like Thor drops down in Wakanda or a moment in Lord of the Rings when uh, King Theoden appears on Pelennor Fields or when like Anakin is fighting Obi-Wan at the end of Revenge of the Sith or when keep like going. I can keep going like I don't know, just like crazy moments that like time freezes and Aeson Z like had a scene like that for me. 
it's very heavy subject matter. It's hard to watch in terms of like the violence and the disturbing content. I think that's very fair to say. It needs to be seen, folks. Like you have to watch this movie. It's a one of the best Canadian movies ever made, in my opinion. I mean, how can it not? I mean, it got a ton. It got showered with praise too when it came out. So, no, Ain't Sanzi is amazing, and I know what my mom's my mom means. Like Dune is her most favorite to watch, but Ain't Sanzi is like, there's nothing wrong with that movie. It's like it's flawless in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I can't really add anything yeah. else there. Me too. Like, I don't know if I'll rewatch Ain't Sanzi anytime soon. Such a heavy movie. Like, I also just saw it like a few weeks ago, so. <laughs> Probably good for a few years, but I definitely recommend it, especially to anyone who speaks French there. If you're looking for like a really good movie in French, 100% recommend Aesant Z. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was just going to say real quick, on that twist, I was like, what? <laughs> like, and yeah. like, you know, I had to do some thinking and be like, okay, hold on, hold on. Like, I probably paused like you as well, just had to give it some thought and see like, okay, yeah. is this... This is possible. <laughs> you know? Right? Like, is like okay, we have to believe... Like, coincidence you have to believe in coincidences yeah and like, i don't even look i was looking past that too okay. like just, i don't know i don't, okay. don't want to get into too many details here we can but talk off air yeah anyways good stuff that recommend the movie so the next one so this two people submitted the same movie so the homies basam and my friend ezra they both said arrival where are their favorite uh, didn't even have movies that's a contender for me, Eric. Arrival. Like, didn't I pick it as my favorite from 2016? I believe I so. I believe I did. Yeah. Again, Arrival at that the reveal part in Arrival, the last like 20 minutes, jaw drop in the theater. I loved watching Arrival at the theater. It was like a, it just, it was, co- it was such a great experience. At the, the first half of Arrival, I wasn't sure where I was headed at first. I was like, okay, where are we going with this movie? It was very methodical and procedural and like a little, not slow, but like just taking its time. But then like the more the movie went on, I loved it more. Like I, I got really into it. Amy Adams slay like it, acting yeah. clinic in that movie. And Jeremy Renner was really like good supporting cast. Yeah. Cool look. Not a really flashy or movie that's going to like thrill you too much. But I don't know. I love the message at the end of the movie a lot. I'm a big fan of that. Like the ending. Yeah, me too. And like, again, with talk about twists with Villeneuve and just like how he presents information to the screen. Like you're thinking that a lot of events that are being shown are in the past and then come to find out that's not the case. Like I thought that was a great twist. Like, like you said, the last 20 minutes of the movie, they're really like jaw dropping, I think is a good way to describe it. And again, like at first you're really not sure where it's going. Like, what's happening here then when you get to see the aliens and what they're doing with them too like okay like what's gonna happen so like there's good intrigue the whole way i think and i believe i've seen this movie at least twice maybe even three times and every time i was especially the first time i was hooked the whole time not knowing where i was going a little uncomfortable but in the end left extremely satisfied 100 percent recommend this movie like i really enjoyed arrival with a few exceptions like enemy and his earlier movies, D- Denis Villeneuve makes long movies and takes his time at the beginning of all of his movies. Think Blade Runner, Sakari. Like, he's not flashy in your face right away. He sets it up. You get slowly acclimated into his world in that movie. Like, he's slowly introducing everyone. Like, I, I like that he does that. And maybe that's, he does pick ambitious stories a lot, especially yeah. his later movies, right? But, like, I find he likes to do that, and I'm okay with that. And if you don't like that, I mean, that's not... If it's not for you, that's fair. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. If you don't, like... You want more, like, in-your-face, like... Like a, like James Gunn's Suicide Squad, which is, like, super, like, in-your-face. Like, yeah. doesn't waste a minute. 
Yeah, I mean, we're gonna get into this movie later with someone else's submission there, but post Sicario, basically, like every, it became like it's very clear, like way more ambitious yeah. and uh, sci-fi uh-huh. epic films. Uh-huh. But um, just to get to like the next submission from Ezra, also had another one. He also said Arrival and Prisoners as uh-huh. well. So Prisoners for me is a movie that was recommended to me for years by people, kind of like a Matrix situation where like. Bars kind of set unrealistically high. The people keep pushing it on you. So, like, I watched the movie and I absolutely loved it. It's such a good movie. I mean, man, I was hooked from the start. I kind of knew what the premise of the movie was that Hugh Jackman's daughter gets um, abducted. Ended up being um, Terrence Martin's daughter as well who gets abducted. They're neighbors and really good friends. And uh, then there's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's detective Loki who's assigned to the case and kind of investigating to f- see who abducted both their daughters. And then Hugh Jackman also gets very invested and involved in the um, chase or hunt for the um, abductor and then gets into like some uh, questionable activities with like some torturing of potential suspects of the uh, abductor. So, I mean, I I really love the movie. I think Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal put on an acting clinic. Good twist in the end. Like any kind of um, detective thriller movie, like is bound to have a twist in the end. Like, and I find every time, like oh, I should have known <laughs> this is the person, right, who um, committed the crime. But no, they De- Vinev does a great job at like steering you one direction and even just throwing like a a very viable candidate early in the movie. Right, like it was almost too early that you find out, like that you get introduced to a, a prime suspect, and you know it's not. Anyways, I don't want to spoil everything there, but it was a. I really enjoyed the movie. It's a long movie, but for me, it flew by. Yeah, I mean, I saw Prisoners in the theater, and honestly, Eric, the first half hour infuriated me, not in a bad way. I was just so like, I don't like watching kids get kidnapped. Like that whole. That's a subject matter for me that I have a diff like I have difficulty watching that. That's why I never got into Law and Order or CSI or all that. Like I don't like watching stuff like that, true crimes or crimes like with kids basically. And like I was very angry in the theater. I was like, ah, oh, like I knew it was gonna happen. It's like there's so much like there was a sense of dread when I was watching the beginning of Prisoners. And then like as the movie's going, I'm like, oh my god, like and I didn't know it was gonna be that long. And I was like, where's this gonna go? And I remember thinking, being super like angry that Hugh Jackman was doing what, what he was doing, what he was doing, but like huge moral dilemma here. What would you do? How, what, what are the lengths that you would go to for your kid, for your daughter, for your child? What, uh, what, what measures do the ends justify the means? Like, I think a lot of people would say yes, like to save your kid, like they would do all that. I, obviously like we don't have children, so we don't know that feeling, but like the movie shows that really well. I think so too. And, they don't necessarily make it so that you're like clearly cheering or rooting for Jackman while he's torturing mm-hmm. the individual, right? Like it's kind of up to you because there's also Terrence Martin's character who's very con- like he's probably us watching this like oh my god you're willing to do this to find out who kidnapped our both our daughters yeah. like he's unwilling to cross that line yeah. whereas Jackman or um, his name is Keller in the movie. Uh-huh. He's will he doesn't give a shit. He's gonna yeah. do whatever he's got to do to find his daughter. So I think they did a great job at showcasing that moral dilemma that we would feel as viewers watching the movie. But I was also like, I was all in on Jackman and wanting him to do what he had to because, like you, I don't like to see like ten year old girls get abducted and who knows what's happening to yeah. them, right? Uncomfortable in that sense. And Villeneuve seems to um like thrive in including those uncomfortable aspects in his movies 
But also, like, Prisoners, I think, is a an easier movie to enjoy in the sense that you don't have to think as much, like, what's happening, like, the supernatural elements, right? Like, it's a pretty straightforward thriller Very movie, simple story. Right? He took a simple story that we've seen a hundred times in CSI, Law & Order, Criminal Minds, all these crime shows, but he made he added a lot of layers to it. He added, like, Jake Gyllenhaal's detective, Loki, like, him not, like, he's not the perfect detective that you see on TV. All, like, he's, like... There's a lot of character development with him and like his struggles, and he had layers. He added layers with uh, Terrence and uh, Hugh Jackman, like both sides of like how you would react to a situation yeah. like that. He basically added like maybe thirty, forty minutes of running time, but by adding that, he made like he he put a lot of depth to the characters, and it wasn't just like on the surface type of movie because the story is very simple on the surface, but yeah, he exactly. just made it more into like a. Like a well-made, like just like a better viewing experience, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, hundred yeah. percent. Funnily enough, Villeneuve also released Enemy the same year, starring mm. Jake Gyllenhaal, which is definitely not as straightforward and more of a thinker, and leaves you confused walking out of that movie theater if you saw it in theaters. But that was not anyone's submission for their favorite movie, so we can move it along. Maybe get back yeah. to it later. <laughs> I can briefly talk to it, like. One line, like I actually watched Enemy before coming here. Okay, right. Because it might be my number one. Okay, it's like an hour and a half. Like it's under an hour and a half. I've watched Enemy so many times that I, there's no like gray area for me. I think it's pretty black and white what happens, except for a couple scenes. But we're not gonna get into that. We might save that for another show, like underrated movies or something. Okay. But <laughs> what you can take from Enemy right away though is Jake Gyllenhaal, like, superb performance. I love the look of the movie, super gray and brown and like not a lot of colors, very dreary. It reminded me of like a David Lynch movie where you're not really sure what's going on. Uh, no, I just love Enemy. You know, Enemy is really like easy to watch for me. It's quick, unlike any of his other movies where you're like, where you get more invested in like sucked into the world. Enemy, it's not like that for me. It's just like, it's very easy and I'm just intrigued the whole time. Mm -hmm. And the, the two uh, ladies do a great job in the movie, uh, Melanie Laurent and Sarah Gaydon both Canadian one's Canadian one's French and like they were like killed it they as the girlfriends great, yeah. yeah yeah it's like purely character driven movie. exactly like, there's nothing else no. going on and yeah. but Jake Gyllenhaal carries it yeah. yeah yeah and there's like a lot up for interpretation in there too and like kind of a few people could have a different I guess analysis of what happens in the movie like I really enjoyed enemy like I only saw it the one time okay. you linked it to me um, last year and I actually right. talked about it in one of our episodes too like okay. I really like the movie good so yeah. um Probably, yeah, do for a rewatch at some point. But the last submission we got was actually from our uncle, Uncle Pat. Okay. There, so his was Sicario. Ooh, good pick. Honestly, that's high contender for me for my favorite Villeneuve Ooh. movie. I actually, I loved Sicario. Right. Again, in the same vein as Prisoners in the sense that like it's a pretty straightforward movie. Even though there are twists and turns along the way, I loved them. Um, well, just like the action sequences. Like from the outset of the movie, like you open up with a an FBI raid on um, like a drug operation, like a house with a bunch of bodies inside, which they find out subsequently there after the drug raid. Mm -hmm. And um, I love the cast. Like Emily Blunt was really good as Kate, who's kind of like in the dark, the whole movie, like just being used constantly 
for other men's agenda, like as means to an end, essentially. And like this might be a hot take, but my favorite character in the movie was uh, Josh Brolin's Matt. I thought he was unreal. Like I know Benicio del Toro is probably the one that's the coolest in the sense that, like yeah. he's super mysterious and then goes off like John Wick style at the end. Unreal scene. Yeah. But I think Josh Brolin. Every single scene and almost all of his lines I found were hilarious. I love his delivery. It's like just kind of I could just picture Thanos like saying all these lines. <laughs> and I just feel like he's a scumbag of a character too. Like you're not really supposed to like him. He's undercover, not undercover there, but he's CIA. Doesn't really present himself as being who he is. Like just says he's a DOD advisor. And his whole operation is like really shady. And then as you go along and discover more things in the movie, you're just like, man, this guy's an asshole. But I think he does such a great job in the movie. The Daniel Kalua character is like Rage. almost the audience. Yeah, he's like almost us like questioning yep. everything. What do you do? Yeah, Agreed. I like yeah, his character comparison. was annoying at first when I first watched the movie, but I kind of liked him more and more as I rewatched Sicario. Who was annoying? Reggie? Or? Yeah, like I'm like, oh, he's just stop annoying Emily. Like stop. Yeah. But no, he's actually like the voice of reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Ali, uh, Benicio del Toro. I love him in everything I've seen him in. Maybe that's because I avoided his bad movies. But the dinner scene at the end, like in at the drug that guy's house, mm-hmm. that might be one of Denis Villeneuve's best scenes. Period. Cold scene, just cold blooded. Oh, I think it was like the kid from Breaking Bad too, eh? like Jesse's girlfriend's son, oh. like who eats the ricin. Oh I'm my pretty god, sure he, he's re-watch. one of the kids, one hundred percent. I, I want to rewatch that scene. Yeah. Now. Well, no, rewatch the whole movie. I I'll think. rewatch the whole Such movie. a good movie. Yeah. Like, like I said, for me, like if we do a top five later in the episode, there's Sicario's up there. It's uh, it's one or two for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it like three times at this mm-hmm. point there. So the scene where they're stuck in traffic at customs and like the, the building of suspense yep. and tension, like didn't even know that's like one of his aces, like one of his strong suits is building scenes like that up. The tension, the suspense, the dread, like, you know, something's going to happen. Absolutely. And you know, they're just looking, Oh, I love that stuff. I love it. And when they're driving it, what's that Mexican city? Uh, they're like Juarez. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love that stuff. Yeah. That's the thing. Like there's good action in this movie. I think probably the most action out of all those movies for, yeah, like for yeah, especially yeah. action to um, movie running time ratio. Yes, right. I yeah. think that'd be the best way to describe yes. it. Like, there's the most bang for your buck you're right. you're in right. that regard. And uh, like, like I said, it's a funny movie. It's right. <laughs> it's right in my wheelhouse. Like okay. for good action, suspense, some comedy, throwing John Bernthal. It's a wrap. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's a memorable he's, scene too. Yeah, it's, it is a great like he's yeah. a great cup of tea in there. Like a few good scenes. Like um, yeah, he's in like three scenes basically. John Bernthal has can always steal a movie like that. Yeah. Like like in Wind River, he's in there like mm, yeah, right like, like one scene so memorable. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I definitely wouldn't say he like steals the show in this one. Like it's Benicio del Toro and Josh Brolin for me. Like Emily Blunt was really good, but unfortunately her character like just gets manhandled at every turn in this movie yeah but uh, no it's a great movie like i was told to avoid the sequel and i saw when i saw that it wasn't a villeneuve production i figured like yeah this probably isn't a great movie haven't watched it for that reason there you go day of the soldato and um yeah i mean sicario's on netflix i would 100 percent recommend and actually your uncle pat did mention that um, one of his reasons why sicario is his favorite is because 
Villeneuve turns the landscape into a powerful main character. And I definitely agree. There's a lot of like large landscape shots and like of ominous danger approaching. And I also loved like the night vision goggle scenes, like when they go through the tunnel later on. Just the, I guess that would be cinematography is just unbelievable. Well said, Uncle Pat. Like, absolutely. That's what I was trying to get with like the when they're driving through Juarez and like just like showing shots, like just like static shots, you know? Yeah. Shots in between. Yeah, I love it. Even the beginning, like the raid, like they don't, they don't just like movie doesn't start with the bang, bang raid. It's like, no, it's like slowly building up to it. Shots of like the house, you know? even just shots of like the dust on the window pane, like the light. They, yeah. they do a lot of shots like that. Then he, yeah. I forget who the cinematographer was for that one, but I guess, I mean, I never know how much a director has an influence on the director of photography too. Yeah. Like, that's interesting. Does he command, like, does he have his vision? I've always wondered that. Next time I'm, I'm on set, I'll ask. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So there's going to be a next time. Excellent. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get back in that bag. I mean, that was it for our submission. So yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for your um, picks for Denis Villeneuve, um, favorite movies. There are a few others that we haven't gotten into yet. Like I watched uh, Maelstrom, which is one of, like I think his second movie, a French movie as well. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Just quickly, there like uh, I found it kind of funny and um, the story like a little much, but um, I did like like the mul- the um, converging storylines that come together. Like I think at the halfway mark of the movie there, and just kind of like the over the top unrealistic circumstances that brings these two characters together like mm-hmm. the the yes. our main our protagonist the woman and the son of the man she kills and like that's how they get together is through that unfortunate accident but no i thought it was really good and again i'll go back to watching a movie in french had a ton of fun doing that to any french speaking listeners out there definitely recommend not a, not an overly long movie either like maybe an hour and a half or something tops very indie movie and it's been yeah, yeah. i can't remember it. it's been so long the main actress in the movie she was in uh, a couple other great french films actually les invasions barbares the barbarian invasion invasions and also the diving bell and the butterfly those are two maybe i'll lend them to you okay. the next time eric those are like french one's a canadian one's a french uh, from france and she's great in those movie okay, right in on. those movies i really a big fan of that actress actually in maelstrom um, she reminds me of Naomi Watts, actually. Yeah. I always thought they looked the same. For sure. Yeah, she's um, French. The French Naomi she's Watts. She's French. She's from Quebec, so she's go. a good actress. Not look like an idiot if she's from France, but uh. <laughs> that's all good. Um, and Eric, did you watch any other Villeneuve movies? So there's one more that I did watch, which I'm holding in my hands right now. So I did watch Blade Runner 2049 for the first time ever. And again, I'll compare it to a Dune in the sense that I was coming in shorthanded, having not seen their OG Blade Runner. So I was quite lost. Had to pause quite often, read up on what happened in Blade Runner, like the, the original. And then even like what was happening in the movie, I was super lost, even with the subtitles on. It was a... I don't really know what to think of Blade Runner 2049, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I, mean, I can't say I didn't like it, but I won't say like I love the movie. I thought it was like pretty enjoyable, entertaining. Like The visuals are really good. Like Again, the soundtrack was awesome, Hans Zimmer. I, I actually listen to the soundtrack quite often while I work. I mm-hmm. thought it, like very sharp, like lo-fi, uh, kind of like drive-ish vibes. They're like... I don't yes. know, just like piercing audio. Yeah. And I like the world too. Like I I, I loved um, Ana de Armas' character Ooh. as well. Joy, Joy was a big fan. Ryan Gosling, like, I thought he was okay. Like, I didn't think he was an amazing main character, to be honest. Like Again, this one it would have benefited from some more Sicario-style action. I didn't think there was that much action no, in there. Yeah. 
Like the final showdown I thought was okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I really should have seen the original Blade Runner before watching this movie. So, it's definitely not one of my favorite Villeneuve movies. Like, where does it rank for you having seen Blade Runner and, like, understanding what this world is like? First of all, full disclosure, Eric, I totally forgot to bring Blade Runner for you. My bad. (laughs) I forgot to. So, it's all good. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of Blade Runner, Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. Like, I, I can literally watch that movie every month because... It's like it's two hours. It's 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 very fast paced in my opinion. There's good investigation. Harrison Ford is like um like after Han Solo, this is his best role in wow, my opinion. Wow, okay. Like I like it Better more than, than Indiana. Yeah, wow. like I love Ridley Scott's Blade Runner, and there's like five different cuts of the movie, and I've watched every one of them. Mm. And the world in that movie is like you'll love it, just like seeing everything. And what the Ridley Scott's Blade Runner does better is it's only like two hours. You're not bored. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yes, it's the slowest movie, and it's very long. And something it could have been trimmed half an hour. I'll give it that. Like it's it's very long. At least, <laughs> and I saw it twice in the theater. And yeah, the second time I was like, okay, get to like the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super like procedural and like okay, then uh, Ryan Gosling's going here. Then he's got to go do this. Then he has to go do there. Then he and but there's not a lot of like jump cuts. Like you see him travel. There's a lot of traveling in the movie, basically. Um, the visuals and the music made the movie for me. Like if that, those weren't in there, I would have found it utterly boring, <laughs> but those add an element of like, okay, like it's at least like a seven, seven and a half out of 10 for me. Like I still really enjoy it. Okay. Is it top tier Vinev? No. Um, cause now I've seen it like four times yeah. and like, it's not, I don't think it's getting any better after each viewing. Yeah. Love the, the hologram scene though with the giant joy hologram. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> But, like, the whole, like, message of, like, he's conflicted on what to do. And then, like, she kind of, like, steers him the right way. Well, I mean, she makes him realize something important. But uh, super convoluted story, too, though, Eric. Like, it's it's all over the place sometimes. Yeah. The Harrison Four, like, once once we start, once he gets introduced in the movie, I found it, like, picked up a little. I'm like, oh, that's Decker. Like, he's from the first one, right? Yeah. So that I loved. It was like, oh, yes, finally, like, someone I'm familiar with. And the whole thing with him and the girl from the original Blade Runner. Like, if you had watched the original, it would have been super meaningful. Right. Um, but even that scene, like, I feel like there wasn't even that much of an emotional yeah. impact to it. Like, he's basically right away, like, her eye colors are wrong. It's not her. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, like, I feel like they introduced Harrison for, like, what, like, at least an two hour and 45 oh, minutes yeah. in? Like, two If hours. not two. Yeah. So, I, feel, I was just waiting for him to show True. up. Because like, I remember him, like, being heavily advertised in the trailer. So, mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, maybe he's going to breathe some life into this movie. Because, mm-hmm. like, my God, Ryan Gosling was giving us a dry, like, mailed-in performance. Eh? I, oh. I feel like there wasn't that much emotion. Maybe, but it, he's a rope. Like he's not human. True, so. true. That's a thing. Like, maybe I need a pamphlet for this one as well. I guess I don't know. But you're, but in Drive, he gives a, like not a lot of emotion. But in that movie, I find he's like way more amazing than he is in Blade yeah, Runner. Agreed. So like maybe yeah. So why was Blade Runner twenty forty nine? I saw I looked it up after like rated as one like one of the best movies of twenty seventeen. Is that? Maybe like just reputation of the may, director. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Because nobody thought that you could do a sequel to Blade Runner. And he did like succeed in that sense that like it wasn't a total failure. Like I, I really enjoyed the movie. Like the first time I was blown away, I went to see it at like 11 o'clock at night with our cousin Dylan and his friends actually okay. at Lansdowne. And I was never bored for a second. But yeah, upon rewatch, it's a little long. I think because of the actors, Eric, and because of the director, and like it had a lot of hype, mm. huge hype for this movie. Yeah. So it may have like, upon like, if you look at it, if you watch this movie 10 years from now, you might be like, yeah, it might not be the best of Maybe, yeah. 27, 2018, 2017, 2017. Yeah. 
So, or maybe also like I'm missing some pieces of the puzzle here, having not seen Blade Runner. So maybe I would benefit from a rewatch once I've seen Blade Runner. Who knows? Because I was like again like very confused for a lot of this like the robot talk and like who's a human. Was there anyone in this movie who was even human? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> so. I'll um, maybe give it some time, watch Blade Runner one day when you lend it to me, and then watch <laughs> Blade Runner 2049 after the fact. And You'll enjoy it more having seen the first one. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. It's like, I'm, trying to find a, I'm trying to find a comparison of like a sequel that comes out so many years later where you have to kind of watch the first one. That's been happening a lot recently, actually. Like them making sequels to yeah. like eighties movies. Yeah. I can't think of any right now. I might Didn't come they back just to make that. like a new Ghostbusters movie. Well, that's a great example. Yeah. I mean, you have to watch the first one. That's pretty much all I have on Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Honestly, what would you like rate it? Uh, well, I gave Dune seven point five. I can't give it around. I like six tops. Okay, top six. Yeah. Yeah, so above average, but not yeah. like it didn't blow you away. No, I mean, yeah. I, the visuals were amazing. Absolutely. I would have maybe even liked to learn a little more about that world, but maybe they figured that, oh, everyone knows what this world is because they've seen the OG maybe, in yeah. which maybe they explain a little more. Like here, they're just expecting everyone to be aware of who's who, what's what. Like, let's just get down to business and find out who them. I guess this movie, like I said earlier, kind of had a chosen one element too. Yep. And the whole time you're thinking that um k i think or aka joe is the um the chosen one but like i like that twist actually like that was a good again Villeneuve keeps the yeah. twist coming like that's one of my favorite um characteristics of his movies are the twists and the storytelling styles that he employs like mm -hmm. it's never always as it seems and linear like he likes incorporating flashbacks and then also like somehow these people can all see everyone's memories and they don't know who's what's whose memory so that was confusing to me too <laughs> but like i like that though like that mysterious element of like okay don't just take everything you're seeing as fact this might come back later and like flip the script mm. on you right so no like you know what there were a lot of moments that i was intrigued like yeah. wanted to find out more like when they're looking at the two sets of dna and they're identical one was a boy one was a girl like there were some few like, i don't know interesting moments in the movie but it, it was really long i will say it was um, Vinev's a master storyteller, Eric, like well said, like he just, that's his strength. Like just telling a story soup, like extremely well, like he crafts a great story. That scene with Joe at the end where he, that group of like the rebels or whatever, they're like, Oh, you thought it was you. We all like, we all thought yeah. of that. We all thought that too. At one point that was like that. It's really like, and then Joe discovering like, Oh, he's not, he's not actually special. Like he's just another ordinary or, you know. So they kind of let the door open for possibly a sequel. And even like Jared Leto's character, I had no idea what was going on with him. I thought there was going to maybe be like a final confrontation with him, but also there wasn't the appropriate buildup for that. So no. I kind of knew like, okay, there can't possibly be like kind of like a Chani situation. Like this is only the beginning. And then Jared Leto comes in like at the end, like that would have been a little much. Mm -hmm. So in that regards, it was good that they just let him to the side and be like this megalodon uh whatever he was yeah. i don't even know what he was the the bad girl though is pretty badass love i think her name is yeah yeah no, she was. I, I really i really enjoyed her she was good she has like no emotion and now and the final showdown a little underwhelming yeah like that 100%. in the water like the music leading up to it when he's like chasing them in this ship like that was so cool and then like but i guess I got to trust, like, Vinev made it exact. Like, that's his vision. He got 100% control. That's what he wanted to show us. So I just got to, if that's what he wanted to do, good on him. Mm -hmm. 
maybe I would have liked a bit more epicness. No, I mean it's still a it's still a fantastic movie. It's not one I'll throw in a lot. It's it's hard to like you got to commit to watch the movie. You know. Agreed. It's, what would you rate it out of ten? Seven, seven and a half. I said. Oh, or is okay. that like a last? I can't. Really, that's why I don't rate movies. I forget what I rated them. Yeah, I mean, and then again, like you don't want to like etch that in stone. Like this is what this is, yeah. and then I like this movie a little less, so I can't give it more than that. Yeah. Like it's it's tough to really give a definitive. And, and the age old argument of do you rate based on are you subjective or objective you know oh i didn't i didn't care for this movie but objectively it's super well made it's 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 got to yeah. be a 10 out of 10 or you say well my favorite movies are my favorite because they're the best and you don't do best versus favorite that's the whole debate a favorite yeah. movie or the best movie some people say it's the same thing some people say it's different which is why i like when we do our lists like we always go favorite not best yeah so yeah i mean i think we gave villeneuve's movies a pretty good rundown and um other than this super early indie stuff, which I haven't even watched. I don't even know where to watch that. Oh, okay, so you haven't seen August 32nd no, or something? Okay. No. Maybe one day. I'm more interested in like his future. Like the man has been, he's been given like a blank check now with all his projects. Like he's, he's a huge sci-fi fan. Like you said, his, his last three movies have been sci-fi, right? And he loves Star Wars, which is why he wanted, he wanted, Dune is his Star Wars. He said that in an interview. So can't wait for his next project. Will he go back to like a drama? Maybe. Well, like we know prisoners. like Dune Part Two is the next yeah. one, twenty twenty three. I think there's that. gonna be a third Dune, to be really? honest. Really? Like, if there are there not like five or six books, so oh, I, yeah. I they, could definitely see him making it a trilogy, taking some elements from those movies. I feel like I've read that that was maybe the plan. I'm not mm. just trying to pawn this off as my own theory here. I'm super interested to see what's gonna happen, and I'll probably end up reading Dune. Maybe a Christmas idea for someone who wants to buy me something. I'll uh, I'll get on that. And I'll definitely rewatch Dune at some point. Probably not in theaters. There are a few other movies I want to see in theaters. Mm-hmm. Like soon, like in the winter months. Like a web I, spinner movie or... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah Spider-Man. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm pumped for Spider-Man. Actually, that can, get into, that can get into like our random recommendations and just talk about what we've been watching okay. lately. I've actually been crushing movies and TV shows Good. lately. Because we actually just got cable last week. So we have Crave with it too. Ooh. So I've just been going to town on Crave content. But nice. the first movie I want to talk about, huge reverse recommendation, <laughs> by the way. So this is the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Eternals. Man, I actually went into this movie with the lowest expectations really? because of how it was being received by the public and critics. This was getting mixed reviews, people praising like the visuals and the, the different themes and tones of Chloe Zhao's um, direction and all that. Like, that's kind of how I was going into it, thinking, okay, there are going to be some cool visuals. It's going to be different. You know what? I'm very okay with different. I'm not a closed-minded, like, oh, needs to be this. Like, if it's Marvel, like, it's, there's this formula. Like, we, are, we even talked about in our Marvel episode, we're okay with, like, new ways of telling stories with these Marvel characters. But this was a swing and a miss, in my opinion. Like, you cannot go into a enter into the Marvel Cinematic Universe introduce 10 brand new characters and expect that we'll all fall in love with a the characters and then b be invested in this story mm-hmm. I I was not captivated by the story one bit couldn't Whoa. care less what happened to these characters I only liked like maybe 3 of the Eternals they're all interchangeable and like didn't weren't really dynamic the jokes weren't that funny I'll say Gilgamesh from Train to Busan, my ah, boy. Yes. He was unreal. I was a huge fan of his. But again, spoiler, 
knew he was going to die. Like right, right away, I'm like, this dude is getting clapped. It's unfortunate, but he just was the token guy who had to go. I liked um, Kumail and Nanjani's character. Yeah, yeah. Like He was good, too, as... Um, Rava? No, I forget his name. <laughs> yeah, no, he was good. Pretty fun. But I, again, like another spoiler, like him dipping in the final battle made no sense. Like, all right, you guys got this. See, I know. There, like the only good thing about the movie, like there's a good twist actually with our characters, like with Robert, with the Richard Madden. Yeah, yeah, that that was a good twist. Other than that, though, the whole time there was not a second that I thought that I, that I was worried about what was yes. going to happen. Well said. You too. just know, oh, the earth is going to explode in seven yeah. days. Like, oh, I wonder if this is going <laughs> to happen, right? Like, well you, said. You know what? I would have respected the movie way more had the earth actually exploded. That would have been a huge game changer in the twist. And then maybe the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie are like, like that we see it, that this is another multiverse. Okay. Maybe the Watcher being like, oh, and that's the end of Earth 722. That would, be cool. that would have been uh, yeah. way sicker, I think. Yeah. Then, like, there was no sense of urgency. You know the conflict's going to be resolved. And I was just, I wasn't buying it the whole time. And that was a major issue with the movie for me. The deviants were terrible yes. villains. Like... <laughs> All C- it was essentially like another build up to nothing. Joss Whedon's Justice League, like CGI villains. Like you can never relate with them. Even the one who ends up becoming a little more human, like you couldn't give a, a damn about yeah. his plight. And like the yeah, sure the Celestials look cool and all, but I, I, I'm not a huge fan of them being introduced anyways. So I don't know. It just wasn't it for me. One of the worst Marvel movies, if that wasn't clear by now, hands down. So I think, Eric, I enjoyed it more than you. You made a lot of good points, though. This is going to be a one-and-done watch for me. Oh, like yeah. it, It's in the category of like Thor Part 2 and like the, sh- the crappier Marvel movies. It's going to be very forgettable. What I liked about this movie, I liked the introduction of like the new concepts, the Celestials and all that. I think that was needed because it's going to come back in other movies, probably, like most likely. There's more lore getting injected into the MCU, which... I think this movie, that was one of its like main points. But Eric, I'm totally with you. I, in no point did I feel in danger for any of these characters. <laughs> exactly. Weak, bad guys. It's hard to do character development for 10 people. A lot of them are great actors, though. Like They've been in a ton of stuff recently. Um, I liked seeing like Angelina Jolie again in like a badass role. Like yeah. Her fighting was fun. Like, I liked watching that. And a lot, like, I liked the diversity of the cast, too. Like I recognized the Korean actor from Train to yep. Busan yep. and like... I didn't know who the, our uh, main girl was, and I'm blanking on her name. Oh. Gemma Chan, I think. Yeah, but what's her? Yeah, uh, and her, Cersei. Cersei, yeah, yeah. Like, it's Game of Thrones. The best scene of the movie was was uh, Kit Harrington facing uh, Richard Madden with the girl in the middle when they meet up. I'm like, oh, John and Rob. Yeah, like, that was, the, I got like goosebumps. Yeah. I was like, Game of Thrones. Oh. Great scene, Bell. One, <laughs> like, for me, the best scene of the movie, I don't know if you're going to appreciate this or not. My favorite scene of the movie was when. This I hated his character, but he came in clutch. Druig when he clocked Sprite in the head with that rock, like end, yeah. like Sam did Smeagol. <laughs> yes, yes, and there's like a mountain setting. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't stand Sprite. I hated oh, her. I, I found her so annoying. Like, and they, then again, so I don't know. I just uh, like her. I understand her um conflict right. and like that she's 
stuck as a child, even though she's like 7,000 years old, she can't age. And like, she's in love with Icarus, but can't act on it because he sees her as a kid and like, which she isn't, but unfortunately you can't get past that. The physical um, differences, right? Which is why she was impersonating an older lady in that yeah. scene. Like, I, I liked her character, actually. Because okay. it interests, it poses the question of, like... Like, she was mad that... Like, the other girl's like, we got to move every five years because people start freaking out when they see you don't age. Mm. Because she's at that age where she would grow... Like, she would have yeah. noticeable differences. Um, another thing I liked, though, Eric, was the whole... the whole. I'm a huge history guy. Yep. The historical stuff I, I really dug. That was in cool. Babylon and, For, like, Yeah, agreed. That was cool. Agreed. Again, like flashbacks sprinkled throughout the story. It felt long. Like I, yes. my dad fell asleep during the movie. Actually, <laughs> full just like I'm throwing him under the bus. There, he was like, "Yeah, I like slept for like 20 minutes." You know what? I'll counteract the um the FC throw under the bus with it. I actually wanted to say this earlier in the episode, but I want to give a shout out to your dad, my uncle Michel. He actually played his uh, first hockey game oh, with my team yeah. a few weeks ago. The Direwolves debut guy scored a goal. <laughs> Unreal <laughs> tying game effort. So. <laughs> No, it was fun it. to get him out there and uh, everyone, everyone was calling him Mononcle and uh, he was just gelling with the boys. It was a good time. So shout out Uncle Michel. But yeah, Eternals Eternals was a miss for me. And uh, the only thing like I liked that they introduced was also Dane Whitman. So um, Jon mm. Snow's character. Pumped to see him in future movies like the post credit scene mm-hmm. with um, who ended it turned out to be Mahershala Ali's Blade. Like He was the voice at the end there who called upon oh. him at the end. I, I looked it up like that. I didn't pick it up in the movie the theater there, but I'm pumped to see his character hopefully in Blades movies down the road. Like I, I don't know. I'm just not invested in these Eternals. Yeah, me neither. Like if I, I even wonder if they're going to make a sequel to this movie, honestly, they might not. Maybe sprinkle a character in another movie like Cersei can. If Cersei pops up in another movie, I'll be fine with that. Just sure, don't make don't another make. movie focused based like centered on the Eternals. Yeah. I love the whole cosmic scale of like the celestials and creating worlds. That always fascinated and terrified me. It's very like, it's a very scary, like basically the size of space and like mm-hmm. basically the scope is now even bigger. Like in Doctor Strange, when like Dormammu come, like that whole thing is so cool to me. Or even like in Fantastic Four with the Silver Surfer, that old movie, like mm. when the um, the bad guy comes, he's like a giant planet is eater. It, um, uh, what's his oh name? Oh my god, uh, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah. He like he's the eater of worlds. Yeah. Oh geez, we're blanking here, folks. Um, that's why we have our phones. But yeah. anyways, I love I that whole like cosmic one. scale thing. Um, Don't uh, I know what it is? Eater of worlds. Galactus. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't have gotten it. Uh, yeah, I love that, those concepts. Like, when they're talking to Arisham, like, I, I those were some cool scenes. I just like the, the size of, like, these celestial. It's just so freaky to me. Mm-hmm. It really freaks me out. I, if I'm being honest, it's, it adds an element of, like, eeriness to me. And, like, it's a little scary to think how small we are compared yeah. to these things. I can yeah. see that. I honestly, I don't like that element, okay, to that's be honest, fine. because like, like you said, like the scope is so much bigger. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. But now like, how are our heroes supposed to go up against these beings, like world destroying and creating beings? Mm. I don't really love what like dangers are now being introduced. And like, they're really not relatable characters either. Right. Like, and for me, that's a big thing in my villains. Like I need them to be relatable and kind of like 
impossible to beat. Whereas with these celestials, like how are they supposed to take them down? Yeah. Like and are like they are very menacing and cool, like and very well done, hundred uh-huh. percent. But I just kind of err on the side of skepticism in the sense that like I don't really want these characters to become our big bads down the road. Like I'm just not sure how our characters will be able to face off against them. If we look back, Eric, at all the great MCU villains, it's all ones that we could relate to in some aspect and that we like. Like, yeah. we can be like, you know, we like Thanos. Like, yeah, yeah. he's like a, a homicidal maniac. But, like, no, I love, like, I can say that I really like Thanos. He's oh, like, it makes me, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, all the villains we like, we can relate to and we understand them a little bit. We can't understand crap about a big <laughs> CGI thing. Exactly. Yeah. And we need to be able to relate to him. I'm thinking of the other good villains. Who like, knows? Maybe Arashed had it tough at home. Maybe we'll find that out in one of these movies down the road. But I don't know. I'm thinking of like Michael Keaton and Spider-Man Homecoming. Great villain. Like Even exactly. Mysterio too is yeah. really good. Yeah. Man, it's, Played all by good actors, so, right? And yes. all Denis Villeneuve actors. <laughs> I was just going to say. In, well, not Michael Keaton. But. I was going to say, just transitioning to Spider-Man, that with No Way Home, this has the potential to be the best trilogy of um, movies for a standalone character in the MCU. And of course, Spider-Man has benefited from having Iron Man in one of his movies and um, now Doctor Strange in another. Mm-hmm. But I'm so pumped for this movie. Like For me, it's between this and Shang-Chi, without a doubt, for best Marvel yeah. movie of the year and potentially even best movie of the year. Like I'm, I have to look back at all the movies I saw this year and really hammer out which one was my favorite from 2021. Loved Shang-Chi, and I really think No Way Home has potential to be the best movie or my favorite movie anyways. And um, now the new trailer was just released and you get to see all these villains and people are talking about like, Oh, are Toby and Andrew Garfield going to be in this movie? And to me, they don't really need to be, I think it'll be a cherry on top if they are, but just given the fact that we're being blessed to have Doc Ock, Green Goblin, even like Electro looks pretty cool and Sandman and Lizard. And now there's probably going to be another villain in there as well. I wonder if it'll be Vulture or even Venom. Like, I don't know if people are talking about Venom maybe being in this movie, like Tom Hardy's Venom. If he is, that's sick. But I'm not expecting him to be. And even like the, like I said, the two Spider-Men, <laughs> if they're in it, that'll be awesome. And I kind of like, I am expecting them to be in there. And I'm, I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't be disappointed if they're, they're not in the movie. But I do think that just with all these villains in there, like, it'll be a sick movie. I'm really pumped. Let's be honest here. It pro- it's most likely going to be the best Marvel movie of the year. Like, it's... Yeah. It, all the ingredients have been set to create this, like, perfect... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say cake of a movie, but you know what the I mean. The perfect Perfect soup. meal. Perfect... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some celery act in there. Yeah. Just sprinkle that in there. It's it's the movie of the year for sure. There's no other huge rule. It's not going to be Matrix 4, sadly, folks. Oh, I'm man. Matrix you, 4 looks like it's... I, don't, I think gonna that's going to be a bomb. Yeah, I agree. It's It looks so disappointing. It looks so like we've seen this before. I've actually stayed away, Eric, from every Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, no. You didn't really say... You just said the characters. You, I don't want to see any scenes. I don't want any images in my gotcha. head. So when I watch the movie... I'm like, oh, when is that coming up? When is that coming up? I'm not gonna. Okay, I did see the trailer with Doctor Strange and like, because I was at the theater, I can't but unsee it. Not the most like a trailer just no, dropped like I a few seen days that ago. One. Okay, yeah, okay. and I, I I'm not going to either. Okay. So yeah, so we both watched Eternals and yeah, huge disappointment. Yeah. Would you say it's like at the very bottom? Dude, it's bottom three, hundred percent. With Thor two and with Thor two and Black Widow. 
Oh, Black Widow's that low? Oh, uh, Black. Well, okay, I'd have to really look at all the Marvel movies there, but yeah, those are like all those are bottom five movies, no doubt. Those three. Okay. And then what else did I throw in there? Like Iron, Iron Man, Man Two 3. is not one of my favorites. Yeah, probably Iron Man Three as well. That's the bottom five: Iron Man Two, Three, Thor, Thor two, two, maybe Black. Uh, no, I think Black Widow. Captain bomb. America One. No, I may no, no, need to rewatch it. I disagree. It. Like I actually yeah. really like Captain America One, but then again, it's all subjective, right. so. For me, it's not like Black Widow okay. and um, Eternals are bottom five for sure. And I'm not really worried about Phase Four, honestly. Even though two of the three movies released at this point haven't been my one of some of my favorites, right. I'm still optimistic. And when we get to see like our the big boys come back and or big girls as well, like just all the the heavy hitters, I still think we're in good hands. Okay. And Shang Chi provided hope that new characters can be successfully introduced. Well said. If more movies like Eternals keep popping out. That's when we would have to like have the alarm bell go off yeah. and like, uh, what's Marvel doing right now? Agreed. Like two, three Eternals in a row, and that's not good. Mm-hmm. And now it looks like a lot of the movie. Well, the, a lot of the movies confirmed coming out are like Doctor Strange sequels coming up, Thor sequels oh, coming up. I th- I Christian forget what the Bale other two are. Yeah, <laughs> as the bad guy, he'll be good. I'm sure. Pic- yeah. Oh. What else? Like Black Panther two coming out next year? Like maybe at the end of the year. And it's next year. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's going to be like, yeah. Explode the box office. Yeah. I'm it'll be an emotional movie. No yeah. doubt. I have one more recommendation. Like I said, I'm watching a few HBO shows. Like I just started succession. I heard that's like an amazing show. I only watched the first episode, but um, one I finished up in like two, three days was mayor of East town. Ah. Have you seen this or heard of it? No, but my parents love it and told me I would love it. And I haven't gotten around to it. I don't have crave. Yeah. So, it's really good, okay. man. And it's Kate like, Winslet. Kate Winslet yeah. crushed it. Honestly, she was amazing in the lead role. Great show. Seven episodes. Evan Peters is in it as well. He was fantastic. Big fan of his character. There's one scene in it that I don't really want to spoil, but his acting is just off the charts. Like it's not really what you'd expect when I talk about like a great acting scene. You're just like, oh my god, like this guy's killing it in this moment. Like very relatable too. So if you watch it, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. He actually got I think he won an an Emmy for that You're right. for that episode. And like it was specifically that scene he was getting a lot of praise for. So I definitely recommend it. it's like a murder mystery show. Like I'd say like it draws comparisons to like a true detective. Not as good, but like it's a strong like eight point five. If true detective for me is like a ten out of ten show, I'd even maybe Maybe go to a nine for Mayor of Easttown. Really good show. Oh, wow. 100% That's recommend. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't want you to go in. No, like, that's the thing with these recommendations. It's tough. Oh, like I'm throwing, it. throwing these numbers out there. And now you're like, oh my God, it's going to be like the best show of all time. But it's really good. Kate Winslet, they killed it. Did you have another, you said you had another movie? Or you just said um, Mayor of Easttown was your last rec? Oh, what else am I? Well, I mean. I'm just curious. I, Eric, admittedly, like. These last couple of months, I've been like slacking on my movie watching and TV That's show. Fine. I've had other priorities, but uh, I'll get into my like. I'm lit- Eric. I'm almost done the my office run. Okay, I'm on like season nine, or I will be after a couple episodes tonight. I don't know if I'm a fan of the show as much. Like mm. Michael hasn't been there for a while. Yeah. Michael Scott. So like Andy's like Ed Helms's character. Andy is like taking over now. I don't know. It's the show feels a little different. Still funny though. I'm still laughing my mm. head off. So what were your thoughts on uh, Robert California? He's a device. James Spader. I've seen James Spader in so many movies when he was younger. So I like James Spader as an actor. 
and like him voicing Ultron, you know, I like mm-hmm. he's always has the same delivery. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of getting tired of him. I'm not going to be honest. Okay. I'm like now like I'm waiting. He was great at first, but now it's actually the episode I just watched. He was hilarious. So, no, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'll just say I loved Robert California. Okay. I was a okay. big fan. Like I know a lot of people did not like yeah, him at I'm, all. I'm lukewarm. But no, I, I was a huge fan from the from the jump and okay. um, his whole time in the show. I thought was really good. And uh, I mean, hey, that's a it's not an unpopular opinion that the show dips after Michael leaves. I think it stayed strong throughout the last two seasons without yeah. him. But yeah, it's not the same. Again, well, a, lo- a lot of characters act a little differently yeah. too, and like some storylines kind of start to become stale. And, like, I found, like, people have said, like, Pam and Jim, like, they, they're just not as interesting anymore. It's true. But season eight had some, like, great episodes in there. Like, I, I can see myself going back and watching some of them. Like, the Trivia Night episode. Oh, a great episode. Have yeah, you yeah, seen, like, like, the Tallahassee plot yet? When or, they go to Florida? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I've watched all that. Yeah. yeah. That was, I like that. I like With that the girl, well. Nellie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's hilarious. Okay, you like Nellie. Well, Kay. like, she was annoyed. Like, she did a great job at, like, I want to, like, I hated Nellie. The, so the the first time I saw the show, I absolutely hated her. But upon rewatching it multiple times, like I'm a big fan of Nellie. Okay. Yeah. So that's the beauty of the show. Like you get to form opinions on characters, uh-huh. and then they can change over time, and you pick up different things with multiple viewings. Huge Todd Packer guy. I know a lot of people can't stand him, but I think he's hilarious. He's a great actor. Uh, yeah. David Koechner. Yeah. I love him in Anchorman. Yeah, champ. <laughs> Good. Whammy, whammy. <laughs> He's in so many movies. That guy's in like every movie. Just like see how many credits he has. Yeah. Um. So yeah, The Office, and I will recommend Red Notice. Oh. With okay. Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson, and uh, Gal Gadot. It was. You know what? I had no expectations. I watched it with my girlfriend. We both laughed our asses off. Ryan Reynolds at his prime, basically, like being Ryan Reynolds, like yeah. with the. Com- like I'm, I don't even know if it's in the script anymore. I'm like, is Ryan just like ad libbing here? I think he is. It's honestly. hilarious. And The Rock did great. I was never bored. It had a lot of twists and turns. Some okay. stuff I didn't see coming. I actually like Eric. I recommend it. Like it's a very easy to watch. Okay. You won't be bored. See me watching the trailer. I'm like this looks terrible. Don't watch. Yeah, the trailer doesn't do it justice. Okay, actually, okay, okay. there's actually more adventure to the movie than you think. And like. They all they always keep moving place like it, it the intrigue is there it's okay. not boring there's no like slow down moments in the movie of like you know like an Anakin Padme scene in the fields like there's no scenes like that where it just drags the movie down yeah. a la Attack of the Clones yeah like, you know what I mean <laughs> of like, course uh, fast forward no. yeah for sure like the Frodo <laughs> scenes and uh, yeah I would sometimes tw- skip those towers. as a kid yeah. <laughs> oh God's Frodo dude. Sam next yeah gods just skip chapter basically on yeah. the, actually so I it's so on that topic. <laughs> Well, no, it's not what you're expecting. So I've actually gotten back into the reading game, See a Crime and Punishment. <laughs> Still have 100 pages left. I'm just putting that on the back burner. I've actually moved on to the Fellowship of the Ring. No way. I crushed like 170 so pages. Like, and I'm just, it's like really easy to read. Mm. And actually, so I've given this book a try like multiple times and I All found right. I couldn't get into it. Mm. But this time for some reason, maybe it's like just aging and been listening to a lot of like the lord of the rings soundtracks and like uh-huh. it made me want to read up on the books i had i have the three of them in my house there so started reading the fellowship and i'm really enjoying it there's a lot more detail <laughs> and a lot yeah. of like random characters being introduced <laughs> tom bombadil yeah i was just I'm at, that's like the chapter i'm at right now i'm like oh, who the hell so is random. this character i'm debating like do i skip this chapter or i've seen the movie so many times that you know what i'm just gonna commit to the full oh, book yeah. and enhance my um 
understanding of that universe. I actually thought when they're describing his character approaching them in the forest, I thought it was going to be Radagast the Brown. And I was kind of pumped, even though they they made that character look like an absolute schmuck in the Hobbit movies. Radagast was smoking some moon rock in those movies, (laughs) talking to squirrels and stuff. I don't know. But anyways, I'm I'm enjoying reading the book right now. And uh, I would recommend also listening to those soundtracks. All the, the Villeneuve movie soundtracks would recommend. Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Yeah. I'm actually like, I'm not really listening to much rap these days. Like for me, it's gotten quite stale in the yeah. rap game. There's uh-huh. just nothing's dropping. Uh-huh. I agree. I just found it funny. Eric. Like, I put down crimes and punishment. It was really boring. But I love the first 170 pages of Lord of the Rings, which a lot of people think is the most boring part of the trilogy. I'm like, an interesting breed of a human like, being. Half the say? book is spent them getting to the Council of Elrond. Like, that's the halfway point in the book. I remember right. that. But, like, the first five chapters is, like, hobbit stuff and traveling in like the the pastures and in mm. the shire you know yeah. which could be fun though you could love all that stuff i just remember it's 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 a slog i'm liking that it's a little different too from the book like how characters join the the fellowship i guess or just the journey like uh-huh. that the journey is a little different than what we're seeing in the movie right like in the movie it moves quite quickly super compared quick. to the book super like quick. now we're spending quite a bit of time in buckland smoking yeah. some buckweed and just yeah. uh it's different like even sam i'm finding his character is so meek he's just like the butt of every joke just being clowned left and right by mary pippin and even frodo's like dumping on shitting on sam like man you clearly have no idea what sam's gonna come through in the end later for you buddy so anyways i'm I'm enjoying it and as a huge fan of the lord of the rings franchise they're like it's just Kind of like some comfort food, some lembas bread, if you will, just reading this book. And now that we're entering the colder months of the season or of the year, I feel like I just had major deja vu of me saying that now that we're entering the colder months. Like I'm going to just start reading more and watching more movies. Looking forward to our future random recommendation. We'll definitely have more movies and TV shows to talk about. And I feel like we've dedicated quite a bit of time on these. Yeah, I wish I had more to recommend, but I like I've been doing so many other things. There you go. That's that's good, man. While you can, right? Yeah. Like uh, before things like start, like I'll say shutting down, just because it's a little colder there. Yeah, but, yeah uh, like huge snowfalls and like getting trapped inside. Gonna be definitely watching the thing. I was just soon. gonna say snowfall. Gotta watch the yeah. thing. I might rewatch it honestly when the snowstorm yeah. hits. Why not, eh? It's perfect too. Like in the morning, like you wake up and you don't know what to do, and it's like huge mount- mountains of snow outside. It's like pop. Make a coffee and watch the thing. Man, Humanity Part 1. I don't know if you know that song offhand there. That's the first song in the soundtrack for the uh, thing. Like, very eerie, like... Okay. Anyways, great. That was well done. Great. <laughs> thank Good you. job, Eric. Great tune. So, uh-huh. I would recommend the thing soundtrack as well. I'm pumped to rewatch that now, actually. Good. Gets better every time you watch it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, Villeneuve, I mean... What would your... Uh, Soft top five Villeneuve movies. Be if you don't have to be in order, but what would you say are your top five Villeneuve movies or favorites? A- uh, Enemy, Ainsan Z. I really like. Uh, you know, I've only seen Dune once. It's hard to say. Okay, Enemy, Ainsan Z, Prisoners, Sicario. I want to throw in Dune, but it's like, is it fair? Because I've only seen it once. Mm. Or Polytechnic, the one we did not mention. Mm. I'll just say Dune for now. Okay. Is that five? I think that so. That is five. Yeah. So you did not mention Arrival, so I guess... Oh, oh okay. Thank you. See? 
the wee hours of the night are getting to me. <laughs> Arrival would be number one. Coffee. Then the four without Dune, you know. Okay, so you're removing Dune. For Arrival, yeah. Okay. Arrival, Enemy, Sicario, Asan, Z, Prisoners. Okay, so for me, Swap, Enemy, and Dune. Those would be, that would be my top five. Like, you know what? Actually, I Jeez, really liked like... Enemy, but I do feel like seeing Dune more. Like, I, I definitely can see that Dune will end up being one of my favorites of his down the road. So I'm preemptively putting it there. Also, because I've only seen Enemy the one time. But it has a has a stake or a claim to the to the throne that is the, my top five list mm-hmm. but like if i had to rank them in order like i just wrote them in order it's i put prisoners as one sicario mm-hmm. two dune three arrival four Asan z five solid list i like that yeah i think i've seen enemy way too many times it has to be on the list okay and I saw that at the theater, Eric. I went in blind. I feel like that probably had a, like oh, a limited release too. It like did. A, it was at the small theater, like in the malls. Go. Yeah. Oh my god, me and my friend, we were so lost. We're like the opening scene with like the spider and yeah. the, the weird sex club. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was a theater where the seats were uncomfortable and they, you were sitting straight. Ugh. Was not bored though. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like you said earlier, the the tone of the movie too, and like the colors are different there. Mm-hmm. But no, it's just some great stuff. Mm-hmm. Good movie. So yeah, I mean, um, any final notes for the listeners? It's a ton of fun. Again, happy birthday in advance, Matt. By the time Thank this you. drops, I'll be thirty. So any final notes as a twenty-nine-year-old? The last time on Easy Conversations. Well, <laughs> no listeners, pressure. I hope you guys like enjoyed listening to this episode. I could talk. We could, I could have talked for another hour and a half on each movie no (laughs) no eric i had a blast tonight talking with you about these movies and i hope everyone enjoyed listening hopefully getting older will not like dull my sharp senses of like podcasting with (laughs) you and like maybe forget even more Uh, (laughs) galactus i can't wait for my 30s and it'll be it's gonna be the greatest decade of my life until my 40s let's go i like that thanks a lot everybody for listening stay tuned for episodes dropping every two mondays continue to stay safe check out some of these movies love you all and yeah peace